And welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to be with you for the next 60 minutes. A jam-packed day because we're going to have a preseason game later today. So oh, yeah, that's right. Jeff and I today. doing double duty. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're spending a lot of time together, Oh, Lance. indeed. Absolutely. As our pregame show will get underway on WCBS News Radio 880 for individuals in the New York metropolitan area at 6.05 p.m. Eastern. We'll take you up till 2 p.m. Eastern here today, and we're going to get into the ins and outs of the preseason game, the matchup the players to watch, and we'll get to your phone calls at 201-939-4513. So yesterday, Jeff, we talked a lot about what the advantages were of the joint practices. Now the players have an opportunity to translate that to the field tonight, and I think there's a number of players to watch out for. Looks as if Saquon Barkley, unlikely that he's going to play. So I think Wayne Goldman is one player that comes to mind, Jeff. You figure he's going to get a lot of reps. He's going to get a lot more looks. And then the other player that I would throw out on offense is Davis Webb, since everybody is at least intrigued to see how is he going to bounce back after throwing nine of 22 pass attempts against (laughs) the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully he will calm down a little bit. Yes, not be as amped up. It was curious because, I I mean, I, I, I don't know where I read it, but Coach Shermer has said that they're they're constantly telling Webb to to hype down a little bit. So he's got a little uh, a little you know he likes to get jacked up a little bit. Yes, but you know you gotta, there's a time and a place for all that. So yeah, I think that you'll see a lot of him tonight. And I think Kyle Lillett is another guy that uh, we mentioned to it yesterday that this team would like to see their fourth round draft pick and see how he can play. And um, and then there's so many positions still available. Not a lot of time left. You're moving towards the regular season, and this is uh, number two. You're going to be halfway through in that third game. If you're a third, fourth, fifth teamer, you know, that third preseason game, you're not going to get a lot of playing time. Um, and then by the time the fourth one comes around, you pretty much know your roster. And at least, I mean, there's might 95% of it you know. Yeah, you have a pretty good idea of yeah. the bulk of your roster. Maybe somebody on the back end is still fighting for a job here or there. Yeah, and, I, and with every team, not just the Giants, but you know, at that when you get to the end of the, rec, the preseason, there's there's times when there's guys that are nicked up a little bit, and you have to decide, oh, do we want to put this guy on IR because we want to keep this other guy? We don't want to release him because we feel like we really want him, and so those are some decisions you make. But you know, as far as Wayne Gallman goes, um, this would be a, a good test for him this evening because uh, he's a guy that he's um you know he's certainly a young guy and you got Jonathan Stewart who's not so to think that Jonathan Stewart is going to play all 16 games and um probably not that's just the the nature of the beast but uh Saquon Barkley is your number one guy and so Wayne Gallman is going to get some reps he's going to get some playing time this season as long as he can learn how to protect pass protect and we all know he can run the football and catch the football We did see flashes of that last season. I mean, you go back, he played 13 games last year as a rookie. It wasn't as if they were holding him back, and part of that was because of the injuries that the team suffered. But, you know, we saw a lot of Wayne Goleman compared to other rookies in the past. Now it's a matter of can they identify a specific role for him this season, Jeff, and how does he play off of the Saquon Barkleys and the Jonathan Stewarts of the world? But I still think there's an opportunity for him to prove to the coaching staff that maybe they could even utilize him more and spell Saquon Barkley at times during the course of this season. You're going to have to. Correct, exactly. You're not going to obviously run him into the ground, especially in the first quarter of the season. Yeah, and, and again, this is, we've talked about the opportunity, and the opportunity has presented itself to the, the other young guys too. Um, you know, Jalen Simmons and Robert Martin. Who those, scored a touchdown, by the way, last week. Those two guys in this game are going to have an opportunity. Um, the fourth game, they're going to have an opportunity, but – 
this is the one that really, you know, they had two two days of real good practices with Detroit, and how many reps they got in those, I don't know. So maybe they'll get a lot more in the game tonight because I, I don't think the starters are going to play all that much tonight. I just don't don't think it will happen. Well, that's why I think it bodes well for guys like Davis yes. Webb and Kyle Oletta because if Eli's not going to get a lot of reps, if you're the two of them, you're saying to yourselves, hey, you know, we're going to get a lot of good looks against the Detroit defense tonight. I, if I'm if I'm one of those two quarterbacks, especially uh, Davis Webb coming into this game, I know I have to I got to work on a lot of things. Number one, I got to calm down a little bit. Number two, um, I feel like I'll be a little bit more comfortable now that I've got a game under my belt. It, it was a year ago that he played last. So that's that's kind of a good thing. And for me, I want to show the staff and show the the organization that I can come back from a bad game and put it on to a put it on tape for another good game, which is a big part of being a football player. No question. And every athlete and every football player has to be able to do that because you can't play 16 perfect games and you have to be able to come back from uh, a, a bad performance and then move on. And I think that this is the chance that Davis can do this, and he's going to get the opportunity tonight to go ahead and do it and go out and play. And, and really for him, it's just make sure he hits his, hits his reads and completions and you know no mistakes, and he'll be fine. Who knows? And it wasn't a matter of him making mistakes in the last game, it Jeff. All, it was just – it was all over the place, the throws. It was just hyper, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was just behind guys. For the lack guys, of a better over, term, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were over his head. And, and you know, I found it with, when I was punting and kicking and things like that that a lot of times you just have to kind of sit back and, and go back to your fundamentals, okay? Why do I throw the ball high? Why am I throwing the ball low? It's not all about I'm hyped up. It's, it's fundamentals, your footwork and, you know, things like that. So those are some reminders that he has to go through. I, I think he should come back and respond pretty good, see what happens tonight. Well, I think it'll be great work for him. And yeah. as we talked about earlier in the week, still a very small sample size for Davis Webb. So you want to see what happens yes. in these next two preseason games. And I know the starters are probably going to play a lot more in Game 3 against the Jets next Friday. But one game alone should not define a player. Yep. You have to see what the entire preseason package looks like, and we only got a quarter of the way through at right. this point. Right, and I think that last year, you know, you got a, a very small um, sample size, if you will, in preseason games for Davis Webb, too, but he was a rookie last year. so And it was know, a different offense, and too. It was a different offense, and um, so, yeah, it's it's there's, there's a great opportunity for him. There's a lot of great opportunity for uh, – you look at that offensive line, um, you know, you got your five starters. We can probably pretty much – I think that – um, I know who those five guys are. At least I think I do. And right now there's, you know, is John Jerry, is, is uh, Brett Jones, are those guys going to be on the team? You know, those are some guys you got to look at as backups, in my opinion. Well, because last year they were starters. Now you have a bit more depth. So they're still trying to determine who's going to be the sixth, the seventh, and maybe even the eighth offensive lineman on the team. I think Jalapio will be the starter. It looks center. as if he's got a good so hold on that. So therefore, Jones will be the backup, and he'll be your swing guy inside. And, and I think Jones is making this team, Jeff. No question. Because yeah, he's yeah. the only other reliable option to play center, and you could also move him into guard. I'm not saying that's a lock. Listen, anything could happen, but I no, think but he's, he's as close to a lock as any other backup offensive lineman on this team. He's as close to a starter as any of the other guys. That's a good be. way to put it. Okay. Yeah. And I think John Jerry's in a unique situation. Um, being a veteran just depends on how some of those other guys go. Cause, but he's uh, you know, he's only really can play guard um, when you think about. I mean, they have moved him out to right tackle, but that's not necessarily his strength. Right. So we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, um, a lot to be determined on that offense. And then we look, we've talked about the receivers like we did yesterday. Uh, Going to be a great opportunity for those that go out with Davis Webb and Kyle Iletta playing tonight and see how their chemistry works with them. And then defensively, um, 
defensively for me, what I'm looking at on the defensive side for as many plays that the starters are in, I want to look at uh, I want a, a three and out. I'd like to see a three and out from this from uh, from this defense, and I'd also like to see a turnover to them to create a turnover, whether it's a sack, strip, fumble, or an interception, um, you know, a helmet on the football, create a turnover, and I'd like to get a three and out and, and show a little bit of uh, button up that secondary. I mean. Baker Mayfield had his day with oh, that. Oh, he did indeed. Well, so did Tyrod Taylor. Well, Tyrod Taylor both really. Of them. When you think about the starters, that's what it was. He was five for five. So let's let's button that a little bit and I'd like to see some pressure. I want to see some pressure. We we haven't talked a lot about that when you talk when you think about it, Lance. We we have not really touched much on how this team is going to create pressure and how they're going to get after the quarterback because they certainly need it. They were credited with three quarterback hits and a sack. Okay. Against the Browns. The sack was Robert Thomas when he basically threw yeah. Baker Mayfield like a right. rag doll yeah. in addition to the center. So that was a play that jumped out. But I agree with you. I think you want to see a little bit more pressure. You want to see some opportunistic plays. The one takeaway came on special teams when Kerry Wynn was able to knock away the uh, the football and then Zach Diossi jumped on top of it. So, you know, that was a big play for special teams. And then Jalen Simmons wound up cashing it in. So, you know, Pat Shermer always says, listen, takeaways are great. It's all about what you do with them. That Correct. was a positive. Right. Not only did they take the ball away, Jeff, they, they also cashed it in to point. So yep. those are the encouraging things you want to see, no matter what facet of this team is on the field. But I would agree with you. I think you want to get after the quarterback. And then, you know, on the flip side, on offense, I think you also want to see some big plays in the passing game. There yep. was not much to be found. I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, when I look back at this box score, they threw for 176 yards. Now, a lot of it was Davis Webb was struggling. Kyle Oletta was efficient, but he only threw for 48 yards. I think you want to see these wide receivers have opportunities to make plays down the field, so maybe they start to separate themselves for the pack. It's going to be interesting. You know, will 13 play tonight? You know, and if 13 yeah. plays tonight, then there's what could be half your, one of your big plays, you know, um, because from what we all the reports we've been getting up in, in Detroit, he has pretty much done what he's wanted with the secondary there. So, um, but well, if, just... if we go based on your logic, Jeff, which is, number one, you don't even think the starter's going to play much because of the work they got during the yeah. week, I would lean towards, and this is just my personal yeah. opinion, I'd be you. surprised if Beckham <laughs> plays tonight under those circumstances. I, I really, yeah. I, I think if you're going to get Beckham a chance to play at any preseason point, it's going to be next week. I agree. The ones. Makes and sense. That That's it. Because um, yeah. that, that's the dress rehearsal. On the shelf, and he's finished until the season starts, and um, you know we'll we'll figure it. Whatever happens, happens. But uh, Saquon Barkley certainly not going to play. That, that's my. I don't think he will. Why would he? Didn't practice all week. When you don't practice all week, and you're a rookie, you don't usually play. If you're a veteran and it's a regular season and you don't practice all week, you get you away play. with that. But not in this situation. So, and you for everything that I've read and heard, um, they're going to treat this, you know, very very closely and and quietly and figure out you know get them healthy enough for the first game of the season is what they want to do so two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number hashtag giants chat let's open up the phone lines on friday's edition of big blue kickoff live tony is in dc tony, Hi, tony. what's happening hey guys thanks for taking my call sure well, thanks for making it so what do you have for us so so um i, I want to i want to get you guys thoughts on um some things first um, I like this. This is an exciting season because I don't think this team has an identity, and we're going to see what it is as the season plays out. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. Um, but, but so, with that said, and this, and this is my question for you guys: What, in your opinion, are the top three things this team must do 
to improve and be competitive. Let me give you my top three and why. All right. Now, quarterback, quarterback play is without saying every team wants that. So I'm not going to put that on the list. Every team needs better quarterback play. So that's without saying. So um, number one, offensive line play. Everyone says it. I agree. Yes, that's number one. Number two is when it gets tough because this team has a lot it needs to improve upon. But I am going to say the number two thing this team has to work on are these dropped passes. I don't know how we don't talk about it more, but these drop passes are killing drives. They're killing quarters. I think that is the second biggest thing we have to look at as far as performance behind the offensive line. And number three, and this is a tough one, uh, but I'm going to go with the running game just over the pass rush. Because I think the running game can protect the defense a little bit with time of possession. And I know we need a pass rush as well. I'm not saying it's not important. That would be four, and secondary play would be five. But in your opinion, what are the top three things you guys, you guys would say? Um, I, I gotta, I'm going to start on offense, and then I'll let you, you see what you want, uh, Lance. I think that running the football, to me, I, I think that, that the drops – aren't the number one thing, even though they, they need to be buttoned up. But I think running the football collectively involves a lot more people rather than receivers just, you know, dropping football. So I think Saquon Barkley is here for a reason, and that was exactly – I keep going back to what Dave Gettleman said when he was hired. We've got to be able to run the football, and we've got to be able to stop the run. And I think that that's the philosophy that this team has, and they're going to build a foundation on both of those things. So that's the number one thing for me on offense is running the football. And, then again, on, on the flip side of it is stopping it. On, on defense, those are probably the t- top two. And then if I had to throw a third one in there, to me, it's pressure. It's pressure. It's on defense. We've got to get after the quarterback. They were non-existent last year, um, and they got to do a better job at it. And maybe this Coach Betcher's scheme and having a 3-4 will, will, will play into that. I would agree with you. I think running the football and stopping the run have to be number one and two on the list of the three things that this team has to improve on. Because the running game, it does go hand-in-hand with the offensive line, so I sort of include both of those factors together. But it also improves what Tony was talking about with quarterback play and everything else that comes within the offense. You have to run the football. I mean, they can't be a team that finishes this season ranked between 26th and 32nd in the NFL. It's just not going to cut it. You can't. No, uh, you can't do that. You have to be, nobody's saying they got to be a top 10 team, but you have to be in the top half of the NFL, in my opinion. I'll allow, I'll say 17th in the NFL. Okay. Well, One through 17. A little, bit, a little bit less than, you know, Correct. medium. But I, That's I, where I think they need to be. And Tony made a good point. I think that um, if you're able to run the football, if you're able to help your defense in time of possession and yep. things like that. Um, I mean, if you look at a few years ago when Chip Kelly ran up there in Philadelphia, look what happened to that defense. Those guys, that, that offense, yeah, they scored, but they were only on the field for like 20 minutes. Their offense was on the field for 20 minutes. Or they run the defense into the ground. You yeah. know? So you got to have a little a little bit of uh, continuity as far as you know, offense and defensively and running the football. You can help your defense tremendously. Time of possession. It's, and it's a huge statistic. And if you are going to win games, you're going to need that running game in the last four minutes of the game uh, to take time of possession and, and clock management and all that stuff goes in. You have to be able to run the football. Closing games, being a you closer. you got to close out games, being able to run the football. But if you can't, you're going to have to punt it, and then you're going to have to play defense, and you know what happens. It reminds me of, if you recall, a few seasons ago, Giants opened up against the Cowboys. Actually, it was two years ago. It was Dak Prescott's first game. They put Brett Jones in as a fullback on the one of the final drives. Sure. And then the Giants put together about a five-minute drive. They didn't score, right. but they milked enough clock – 
so that the Cowboys wouldn't have a lot of time left, and that was the whole thing where Terrence Williams couldn't run out of bounds, oh, yes, and the yes. Cowboys couldn't get a field yeah. goal, but that's what you're talking about, Jeff, yeah. and I agree with you, so running the football is number one on my list, and then number two is stopping the run, because third downs were extremely manageable for the opposition last season, and that's why teams were able to keep the defense for the Giants on the field. Yep. They weren't facing third and nines and third and tens and third and twelves. They were facing third and fives and third and sixes, and you have a lot more options on and offense to execute. So that has to change. You have to be able to stop the run, and that was encouraging against the Cleveland Browns. They got nothing. They got 33 carries for 50 mm -hmm. yards. The third factor is, see, I'm not going to go in the direction of drops, Tony, and the reason being is because, yes, drops did come back to bite the Giants, but that to me is more of a concentration and a mental effort and also guys being durable and not tired in the fourth quarter. I don't think guys go out and intentionally say, you know what, I'm going to drop the football. You can work on that, and I don't see that as a problem across the board. Did Evan Engram have some issues? Yes. But I don't think everybody on this team had a case of the dropsies. So that's why I don't think that's a prevalent thing that I would prioritize in the top three. I think number three is the red zone efficiency. They've got to be able to get touchdowns and not settle for field goals. Yeah. That was a problem last season. And uh, one thing that a lot of people didn't have missed is that Eli threw no interceptions in the red zone last year. That's very good. However, <laughs> they couldn't get in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, if you want to build on something, build on the fact that, that Eli was, you know, he'd had zero interceptions in the in the red zone, which is a key statistic for a quarterback. You do not want to turn the ball over there because you want to get points. Um, but then you also had Aldrich Rosas missing some field goals, and then you had, but you had turnovers in the red zone, fumbles, okay, missed and, opportunities, and missed opportunities. So, so yeah, that red all zone plays opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and and really, when well, you, I'm sorry, real quickly, and I'll let you, I'll, we won't. Yeah, go ahead. The red zone, this team has got to score more than 19 points a game yeah. in order to, in this division, and to to get to where they want to go. I think they will. I think they'll make leaps and bounds above that 19 points because of Pat Shermer and just some of the personnel that that offense has. So, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's, no, no, and gentlemen, you just hit the overall point and why I put offense in the top three. Good. This team has to score touchdowns. Yeah. As much as we need to pressure the quarterback and stop the run, this team doesn't score points. Like, so, so that's why I was putting kind of focusing on offense. And another thing to, to kind of um, go back into the Elon Manning talk. Eli had 19 touchdowns last season. Matt Ryan had 20 and played one more game. And people wanted to jump down Eli Manning's throat. <laughs> well, but like, a big part of it is, no, I, I think that's an excellent comparison, but the Falcons had a better defense that played consistent football, they and they also ran running. the football. Oh, my God, they had so, a double-headed double yeah. sword, or whatever, double-headed monster running back. Jeez. 100%, yeah. Holy smoke. So the point is... Tony, you can have a quarterback that can get away with throwing 20 touchdowns if you have a balanced offense, and Atlanta yep. had some semblance of balance. Now, they did fall off a little because Kyle Shanahan was no longer their offensive coordinator, it was Steve Sarkeesian. So they did fall off, but they had enough balance, and that enabled them to get over the hump. And appreciate the phone call, Tony. Thanks so much for weighing Thanks, in. Thanks, Tony. I yeah. think uh, it's a great point, and it's a great dialogue in terms of what the Giants need to do this season. There's no doubt about that. But with respect to the pass rush that Tony said he wouldn't put it in the top three, and I don't disagree with him. See, if you stop the run, Jeff, then to me the pass rush will come. If you're Spags last season, of course. okay, and you're now facing third and fives, third and fours, how many chances as a defensive coordinator are you going to take in terms of bringing the Wolves you're not. when the quarterback's going to get rid of the football and he's going to have an open get, field? And he only has four yards to get. If you force the other team in third and long, third and eight, third and nine, third and twelve, 
Okay. You know you're going to be able to get to the quarterback. I mean, more opportunity because, you know, third and four, third and five, they can still be running the football. And that's why you have to account for that. And that's another reason why, how often do we talk about, and yeah. I know JPP's not on this team, but JPP was very good at stopping the run. So even if you were Spags, if you felt you were giving him the green light, Jeff, to go after the quarterback, you figured he could play the run in route to getting to the yeah. quarterback. That's going to be the key thing to watch in the early stages of the season. Guys like Lorenzo Carter, Vernon's very good against the run, but you want those edge rushers, Connor Barwin, you want them to show that not only do they have a knack to get to the quarterback, but can they also also aid in stopping the run in route yep. to getting to the quarterback. I, and I think they can. I think Connor Barwin's a good one. I mean, he's and, and Lorenzo Carter's just going to learn. He's going to learn. Um, you know, somebody that we don't talk a lot about and, and is a really good football player and kind of flies low under the radar, and I think that once the regular season starts, you'll start hearing more of this guy. Kareem Martin is a very good football yeah, player. that's a good point. And I think that we don't talk about him a lot just because of the fact that it's one of those things where – when you're one of those pros that you do the right things and you just you're you know you kind of fall under the radar. You do because and not a household you're a pros, name. Yeah, you're a pros pro. They call it. You know, the guy you just do what you're supposed to do. You're not not a lot of uh, notoriety goes, but he plays well. And he's also remember this. He's also coming from Coach Betcher's defense in Arizona. Okay, the one player that that, that has already has, has already played there. So that's going to help him a lot because he's way ahead of the curve when it comes to understanding the defense and what he has to do. Yeah, the other reason why I think maybe Kareem Martin sort of falls onto the radar is I think a lot of people look at his career numbers, Jeff, and they don't necessarily jump off the page. That's not necessarily a reflection of him not being a good player, but I think what people forget is he was mainly a special teams player. Well, look at the guys that were on that Arizona roster. (laughs) A lot of depth, yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like you were going to jump ahead of him. Then all of a sudden injuries happened last year that gave Kareem Martin an opportunity to get more defensive snaps. I mean, all you have to do is look at his defensive snap count. Yeah. It skyrocketed last year sure. compared to where it was last um, the previous season. So I think that now with him being a full-time player, they want to see can he improve on his pass rush and his sack totals, right. and therefore that obviously will help the defense overall. It's the name of the game. Yeah. 201-939-4513. Let's head back to lines. Johnny is on Long Island. Johnny, welcome to the program. What do you got for us? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, Too much, Johnny. So I was just thinking back to the uh, the first preseason game, obviously, against the Browns, where Jarvis Landry made that nice catch on the Tyrod Taylor pass over Jarvis Jenkins. And I was just wondering, not nothing to do with that throw, but how much do you, of all do you see that, the back shoulder throw that we saw Eli Manning do his entire early career to guys like Steve Smith, Amani Toomer, uh, Plaxico Burris? But it seems like recently under McAdoo's offense that we haven't really seen much of that type of throw. But I feel like... We really should because with the improvements in the offensive line, it'll give Eli a little bit more time. And obviously with those weapons like Engram, Shep, Odell, even Saquon, even Cody Latimer, these type of guys would be perfect for those type of throws. And I just really haven't seen that in the offense recently. I was just wondering if you guys have seen that in practice or what you think uh, that could be a viable option. Well, I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said practice. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of confidence, and it takes a lot from uh, the – the communication with the receivers. And one thing, the Eli is very good at that back shoulder throw. I mean, look at Hakeem Nix. I mean, he yeah. they used to throw that to them all the time. Um, and, it, and it's very difficult. When when you're on man-to-man coverage, it's very difficult to, 
defend that pass if it's if it's exactly. if it's executed. So I think we do see it at practice, and I think it's just a matter of working in chemistry with the with the receivers. Well, and also keep in mind a throw like that is easier to execute when you have a big, tall, wide receiver or a big target. And if you look at last year's roster, for example, <laughs> you lost Brandon Marshall early in the season. Okay, Beckham got hurt. You know, Sterling's not necessarily a guy that you're going to target on that type of a throw. And, you know, the tight end, Evan Engram, really had to play wide receiver more so yeah. than tight end. So you had a lot of movable parts. I think now that everybody's fully healthy, I think you have a few more options and size where they actually could utilize that. But more so maybe when they're in the red zone as opposed to something that's going to happen in the middle of the field. It's a, it's a fun throw. It's a fun throw to watch. I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult to defend, and when it's yeah. executed well, you can pick up some big chunks of yardage. But you also need, I think, what the last caller was bringing up, Jeff, the perfect example of what Jarvis Landry did was Landry aided Tyrod Taylor on that throw. He oh, went sure. towards the football. Right. You need a wide right, receiver right. that's aggressive. It, yeah. It's not just a matter of Eli throws it up and you just wait and come and catch no. it. You have to pursue the football with that type of throw. Yeah. 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 You, really need, you really need guys there who can go get the ball who can pinpoint it at the uh, at the highest point, and I think I think Evan Engram, perfect example like that. You can split him out wide; he'll get matched up against uh, either a slot corner or someone who just who isn't up to his size. I think that could really be a good play in the offense. Absolutely. I mean, Plex is another guy that was with the organization who you know exactly. provided that big tor- big target. Excuse me, in the red zone. I appreciate the phone call, Johnny. Thanks so much for weighing and he, in. And he would go after the football. Uh, Plex, yeah. he would definitely go after it, and he had the height and they had the build to be able to do it too. Let's head back to the lines. Doug is in Rochester. Doug, what's happening? Hi, right, Doug. Hey, what's up, um, Lance and um, um, John? How you, I mean, uh, <laughs> Jeff. I'm sorry. Yes. What's going on? Um, <laughs> We're doing all right. Doing yeah, Jeff, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what's okay. going on, guys? Um, yeah, um, yesterday, um, Cross and uh, Paul was on there, John calling from uh, Detroit. And literally, John's been calling in the last couple of days from Detroit, and I heard you guys talking about the ends a lot, the, the pass rushers, you know, um, the linebackers. But lately, all I've been hearing is Rob Thomas and, and Corey, Corey Wynn and AJ Francis, and that's what John's been reporting, having good, having you know, good good games that they're in the backfield. That's basically what I've been hearing. So, and what I'm saying is, you guys, uh, it ain't just the linebackers. It's got to be the ends too. Defense ends putting the rush on too, and it seems like those guys are getting in the backfield. Well, I mean, to your point, I, I think if you're getting your interior defensive linemen after the quarterback and penetration, that's going to do wonders for your defensive ends because it's yeah. essentially going to collapse oh, the pocket. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's not a bad thing at all. And A.J. Francis, who I've been very high on since he joined the team. We were talking about this the last postgame show, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed with what he did against the Browns. He didn't necessarily stockpile the stat sheet, but you know, I saw m- multiple opportunities where he did help collapse the pocket, and I think B.J. Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson have been doing nice jobs as well. Yep, good. good. Yeah, so that, that basically that's what I was saying. Uh, uh, do you think there was uh, with Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, B.J. Hill and Snacks and you know, you got Corey Wynn that you guys just named and, and McIntosh. Does it look like the Eagles, kind of like the Eagles line last year, rotating? Enough guys that could rotate in and out? Does it look like that to you guys? Well, I think it's a copycat league. I, I do think that you want to have as much depth as possible. A number of players, though, keep in mind that the Giants having this rotation are a little bit unproven, whereas Philadelphia had a plethora of veterans, Doug, where, you know, you didn't necessarily need to say, all right, what is the guy going to show in week one and week two? You know, they brought in veterans like Chris Long. They had Vinnie Curry. They had a number of proven commodities that we have seen in those circumstances. 
Dalvin Tomlinson, still very young. B.J. Hill hasn't played a regular season game. A.J. Francis has been a journeyman, really hasn't stayed with one team over the course of his career. So, you know, I think we still got to see a little bit more out of these guys in regular season games before I'm convinced to say the Giants have the same type of depth as Philadelphia did. Well, I know they're not going to be good at Philly, but I'm just saying uh, well, these guys are looking good right now. But, yeah. uh, well, but, but like anything days, else. But if they come together, they could be kind of close to Philly. That's all I was saying. Well, like, I, I think I wasn't, I wasn't trying to say that, you know, they're looking to match Philadelphia's prowess. What, what I'm saying is yeah. do they even have enough guys that are reliable is, is my point. That just because guys perform in the preseason, listen, I've seen this time and time again. Jeff can attest to this. We've seen guys flash. I've seen wide receivers have amazing. <laughs> Amazing preseasons. And then, unfortunately, Doug, you get to the regular season, they're no way to be found. So just because guys are performing well now, it's encouraging. But to me, you still need to see what happens in the regular season. Uh, okay. Yeah, but um, another, I'm going to say this and get off the line to you guys. Um, I had a report that Aaron Flowers was having a little trouble yesterday. So that's, um, you know, is he looking better or did he just have a bad day yesterday or what? Because... All right, Doug. Well, appreciate Thank the you. phone call. Thanks so much for right. waiting. I think it probably was the other day. I don't think they were. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday was mainly special teams. But um, listen, he he's gonna struggle. Uh, he's struggled ever since he's been here playing left tackle, and now you're you're got him on the right side, and you know learning a new position, new footwork. So you can't expect him to go out there and and all of a sudden be a an, a perennial All Pro at right tackle when he's just learning the position. In a sense, he hasn't played it forever since he was at Miami, and it's been a while. So, um, look at you know he's 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 got to get better. He knows it, but there's nobody better than him on the team right now. I'm I'm sorry, Wheeler can't be the guy. I don't disagree with you at all. I mean, I <laughs> I, 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 really I don't, don't think I don't there's... think any of the backup tackles have proven that they should jump over Eric Flowers, and it goes back to the old phrase. And I know fans hear it a lot and they're tired of hearing of it, but here I think it speaks volumes. You put your best five offensive linemen out there as your starters. You don't just necessarily say, well, you're not too confident about how he performed last year. If he's included in your best five, you put him out there, period. And right now he is. He is, without question. Um, And I think that if you're going to have a conversation and somebody wants to break it down, that's probably where you would go. Like, where's the depth? Why didn't they go after a right tackle? Why couldn't they find one in the draft? Why couldn't they find one in free agency? And that's just a conversation you can have and just keep going forever with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that it doesn't matter right now. (laughs) It's just what if he's one of the best five, he's going to play. I've said it in the past, and I think that, you know, if you there's no right tackle on the market right now that isn't in a camp somewhere that's worth a darn. So you might have to trade for somebody or something. Somebody, somebody comes. gets waived or Who whatever knows? maybe. Who yeah. knows? But right now they're going with Eric Flowers. He's your starter. And the starters weren't in there very long against the Browns. So, I mean, if everybody wants to question, you know, well, how did the offensive line perform? I look at it as they ran the ball effectively when the starters were in. So yeah. that was encouraging. And I think, you know, you'd like to see the unit in a little bit longer before we see how this group performs from a pass protection and standpoint. And I, I don't know, you know, uh, I was only on the show today and yesterday, um, and I didn't really get a report or, or read anything that I've heard about, you know, him struggling in camp or, yeah. you know, against Detroit. And Ohio. So, you know, maybe uh, uh, there's something out there that, that was breaking down the offensive lineman. I don't know, but I didn't hear anything. Good Neither did I. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I think it's a next step in the right direction in terms of tonight, what think, he does. I would have thought that if, if Eric Flowers was struggling, I mean, really struggling, 
and the the riders were there, they were they would probably there would be something on it. Well, they certainly didn't shy away from it in years past. No. So you're right, Jeff. I think it would have been a much bigger story. Yeah. And you know, the coaching staff also would have, I think, started to experiment about moving somebody else in with the first team at the right tackle position, which we also haven't seen either. All right, so I got my flip card. This is from last week. but uh, So we got a right tackle, Eric Flowers, Chad Wheeler, and Victor Salako. So there you go. Who was a late addition to the roster. Who was a late was, addition. With the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. That, that That's who's listed at right tackle. Now, let's see if they're left tackle. You've got, oh, Nick Becton. Nick Becton, okay. another backup to yeah, Nate Solder. And, and Malcolm Bunchy. Um, that's it. And then Jerry has lined up there in right. second team, third team type of reps. So they've experimented with a few people, but the best option, as we mentioned, is certainly Eric Flowers. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Dan is in the Poconos. Dan, what's happening? Dan is in the Poconos. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Always a pleasure. Doing all right, Dan. So what do you got for us? Well, two quick comments. I feel that, you know, we're talking a lot about the pass rush. I'm feeling that, and I know it was just one preseason game, but if we can be strong and shut down the run, that's, you know, if we're looking at a lot, you know, in defense, if we're looking at a lot of, you know, second and nines and third and sevens, third and eights, that's, you know, and it's consistent, you know, that's going to help our pass rushes, right? They can focus in a little bit more on that. If they're always being put in those situations. I think we can relate to that, right? Oh, God, yeah. bunch of years. Absolutely. And, and again, so, and Lance had touched on that earlier about, you know, yeah. what are you doing on first and second down to help your pass rush on third down? That's, that's a big, big point. Absolutely, and a lot of the unknowns, like who knows, I know that there was a little comment about Avery Morse, and, uh, you know, there's some other guys who might, you know, benefit, well, obviously they're going to benefit from it, but, you know, that might give them a little more, and we'll take everything we can get. And just one other quick comment, and um, sure. it's amazing. I'm a season ticket holder. I go to every game, and I, I just like, you know, me and I even infected my wife. I finally got it into her, and now she's a giant freak. The Lord is good. He helped me out with that. Oh, my God. So she, she's she's a freak. She loves it just as much as me. I don't know what ever happened. But anyway, you still hear these people kicking Eli. And it's just mind-boggling to me because he can't run around like Aaron Rodgers. He's the, even last year with, our, with that dismal season that we had, he was the, one of the few constant, consistent players through the whole season. I saw him throw passes on the dime, and just like everyone else has. But... Just because he can't run, he's always going to be, you know, I think this year, you know, if we give him an extra second, you know, or something, he's really going to, he's going to, you know, who knows, come back to play the year. I got, you know, good imagination. So <laughs> I think he's going to do wonderful. So that's all I got, fellas. Well, thank well, you. appreciate the phone call, Doug. Thanks so much for weighing in. Yes, sir. Okay. Dan, excuse me. I'm sorry. I think, yeah, and Eli, I think Eli is going to have a really good season. I think he, he looks good. Uh, he's He's healthy. Um, he's throwing the ball well. He's got a new offense. He's got a new offensive coordinator that I've said in the past that, you know, Pat Shermer puts these guys in positions to succeed, and that's the most important thing. So they're not going to have Eli uh, throwing the ball down the field 50 times a game. and You know, they, it's going to be fine. They got, they, got a, they got a new left tackle for them. Uh, they got a new running game. So I think that things are going to be good. I mean, this is the first time in a long time that this offense, you can say on paper, looks pretty potent. It really does, and it look it can it can do good things. I mean, I I think John and I were going for what what Eli's uh, stats were predicting. Predicting was it one of these or I think it might have been Eli over under. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Completion okay. percentage sixty two point five yards four thousand fifty 
touchdowns, 28, interceptions, 15, and then sack 26 times, I'm assuming, was that yeah, number? Maybe. I didn't think you guys were going to do an over-under for that, but hey, there we um, go. So you had five different categories. So, Do you remember uh, what you said? Th- well, no, I don't, but I'll just <laughs> tell you what I think up there. I think I think his completion percentage could be north of 62.5 because of the um, the backs. I think that he can, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of passes to these running backs this year, and that's a completion. So th- that'll get your completion percentage up there. His yards, 4,050, uh, that's a good number. I was thinking 4,000. I think he can go over 4,050 just because of the fact that what I just said with the excuse me, the running backs and Saquon maybe breaking one here and there, and also with the healthy Odell Beckham. I mean, that's 1,000 yards right there that maybe of that 4,000 that he could he could get. 28 TDs. Uh, he can do it. I, I, I'm going under on there. I'd probably go under just because he hasn't done it in a while. And then the interceptions. I, unfortunately for Eli, I, he's a he's, a, he's an interception guy. I mean, he throws them through his whole career. So I don't think in one year all of a sudden it's going to just take a jump down. But I'll go over on the 50. Yeah, I mean, he's never had single-digit interception <laughs> seasons until – you have to go back to 2004, and he didn't even play every single game that year. Yeah. He only and, played nine. And, that, and that was I was it. on the team then. Yes. So, that's so that just goes to show you how long that's so, been. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think. And then the sack number, I, that's such a hard one. I don't it's just Because sacks are, you know, you, you, you fall on the ground, I touch you, you get a sack. You know? so, but 26, well, it's situational. Six, every one of those are different. 26, uh, that's one a game, uh, one and a half. I would go, uh, just for the fact that I think that the offensive line has improved, I'll go under on that one. There you go. There's your over-unders. His career high in terms of completion percentage was 63.1. That was 2014. Okay. His career high in passing yards was 4,933. He did that in 2011. And then his career high in touchdown passes is 35. That was 2015. Yeah. Now, with McAdoo... His high was 26 touchdowns. That was 2016. This is when McAdoo was the head coach. I mean, technically, he was the coordinator for the previous two years. So I guess you should probably consider those numbers. But as head coach, 26 was the high. And then uh, he had 13 interceptions last year compared to 19 touchdowns. So I could see Eli. I could see him in right. that 24 ballpark for touchdown passes. Yep. And what about I don't think that's crazy. Interceptions. I think 15, 16. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last four seasons, 14, 14, 16, 13. 2013 was crazy when he had 27. So, on average, you're talking about 15 interceptions. I think 15 is a good number. 15, good. 16 interceptions. I don't think that's crazy. And then completion percentage, you know, a lot goes back to do they utilize the backs because those are high percentage throws. I could certainly see him getting 62.5. I don't think it's crazy. No, especially if there's an improvement on catching the football. The, they, the, the Giants were the worst team in the league for drop passes. And what was his completion percentage? The completion percentage last year was 61.6. Okay. With all that went wrong, 61.6, yeah. you're asking him to get to 62.5? I don't think that's right. asking for a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. why I think I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, just, just catch the football. Yeah, I think the touchdowns, like I said, is a little high. You also figure the improvement of the running game is not necessarily going to maybe yeah. – get him to that opportunity. Interceptions, I think, is pretty much spot on. And then as far as the passing yards, Jeff, 2016, he had 4,027. Last year, he went all the way down to below 3,500. He had 3,468. Beckham back. We're asking him to get about 600 more passing yards He'll get or it so. If he's there 16 games. Yeah, 4,050 should be doable, even with the improvement of the running game. There we go. So, reasonable numbers. Yeah. In terms of the over-unders. Let's head back to the phone lines. Matt is in Ocean City. Matt, what's happening? 
Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Well, thanks um, for making the call. Great, great show. Uh, I just had a couple points I wanted to uh, throw them out there, and I'll take them off the air unless you want my input or anything. Sure. First point I wanted to just bring up, the backup running back situation. I wanted to see if you guys could elaborate a little bit more what that looks like. Um, reason being, just to see if it, I'm a big Wayne Gallman fan. I like the way he plays. I followed him in Clemson. Um, just wanted to see. Well, then I saw Jonathan Stewart out there, and I don't know if he's the short yardage guy or if he's and if he's ahead of Gallman at this time. So um, that would be number one. If you guys could elaborate a bit. Um, and can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, we hear you. We're listening. We're, okay. we're going to elaborate okay, in terms of the backup running backs. Not a problem. All right, perfect. And then um, secondary, who's how the what's the nickel and the and the other safety look like? I don't know much about Curtis Riley. I've been hearing a lot about him lately. Um, sounds like he's he he's starting to make some tries and uh, separate himself a little bit. And uh, I guess lastly, I wanted to touch on like what's going on with the whole tight end situation, but about um, covering the tight end. I don't know if you guys have any well, answers there. But, t- uh, when you say ahead. tight end situation, what are you talking about on offense or in terms of coverage on defense? Coverage on defense. Coverage on defense. Okay. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me seeing what's his name on the ground. David Njoku. Yeah, Njoku yeah. had two touchdowns. Yeah, so and it was, was an issue was, last season too. Exactly, exactly. Understand so that. Um, and then, and then, lastly, the third wide receiver. Any any favorites? Any guys you like? You know, kind of what's going on. There. Okay. Well, we'll hit on That's all it. that, Matt. Appreciate the phone Thanks, call, guys. You got it. Thanks Keep so much for weighing in. All right, let's yeah. start with the uh, backup running back position, Jeff. Uh, I think his question was not so much who it is, but the type of roles that these players are going to have. I've always said this. I think it's reasonable to think, Jeff. Barkley could get about 20 touches a game. What I mean by that is the 15-carry ballpark and maybe about five targets in the receiving game. So I'm looking at about 20 touches. So what does that leave for some of the other backs? Well, Stewart, I think, could be a short yardage guy, maybe utilize him in the red zone. But I think Barkley's still going to be utilized in the red zone. And then Goldman, I think, is going to be the guy that spells Barkley when maybe he after a long run and they need somebody in, and also a third down back because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, much more so than Jonathan Stewart. Agree. I think that also um, if for some reason Saquon Barkley is not in the game in, in the red zone and goal line situations, if you look at Gallman coming out of college, he had a lot of touchdowns. He has a knack for the goal line. Okay, so does Jonathan Stewart. Um, so I think that, you know, Jonathan Stewart is there for, for a couple reasons. Number one, and I emphasize this, this is probably one of the biggest reasons he's here. You look at Wayne Gallman, he's a second-year player. You look at Saquon Barkley, he's a first-year player. You have no leadership at that position. Jonathan Stewart is a, is a veteran that's come in here He's going to teach these guys how to be a football player at that position. So that's a big thing. And I also think that he can, he can help you in the running and the passing game um, and, and spot little areas. But I think Wayne Gallman is going to see a big piece of this offense uh, more than, than Jonathan Stewart. Now, they have Jonathan Stewart – uh, on the on the depth chart above him. Correct. He's number two. Um, but those those are your three guys. I mean, the, unless something happens, those are going to be your three running backs, and I think they're all going to get you know some good good shares of time in the game. Well, and as a means of comparison, see if Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt last year, I think we have a better idea 
to see how Pat Shermer utilized his running backs yeah. because Cook went down, what, four or five games into the season. So then what they did was they really had a two-man backfield between Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. There really wasn't a true main back. But after Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, as I bring up Minnesota's numbers, Dalvin Cook actually still wound up finishing third in carries. So... What I'm saying is I don't think that the three backs are going to have a tremendous amount of even of a workload. I think it's going to be Barkley. Then I think there's going to be a drop-off where Stewart is going to be a guy that's either going to get a lot of accumulation in terms of the red zone and short yardage, or it's going to be Goldman in terms of spelling Barkley as well as third downs. But then that third back is going to be a very small amount of opportunities. I, I would be even surprised maybe if that third back gets 100 carries. Well, the other, also the third back's going to be your special, one of your core special exactly. teams guys. He'll, he'll be the up back on the punt team. He'll be running down on kickoff, um, you know, those kinds of things. So um, moving to your other questions, we've we got a lot of them. Well, there. we'll stay on offense. The other question was anybody jump out in terms of that third wide receiver job. Well, I think the third wide receiver job right now is uh, Cody Latimer. It, it's his to, to, to lose, in my opinion. Because of the things I just said, too, with, with special teams. He's a great special teams player, okay? So um, I think that he's got a relationship with Tyke Tobert coming from, from the Broncos. And I think that he's just a guy that he's, he's a good blocker on, on, on running plays. He's your third guy. The fourth and fifth, yeah, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, it's all those fourth and fifth receivers, guys, and it's, I keep saying it over and over, it's not about them playing receivers. It's about them playing special teams because that's how they're going to make their, their bread and butter is going to be special teams, okay? Because you're not going to see the fourth and fifth receiver out there in, in formation all that much. You got your, you got your top three, and that's including Ingram, is Odell Beckham and Shepard. Those are your three guys. So. And, and that's Saquon why. And the running backs and those guys. Well, the third wide receiver job, I, I think, is you're 100% right. A guy that's going to have to contribute on special teams. That's yeah. why, coincidentally, you know, Cody Latimer is the kickoff returner, Hunter Sharp is the punt returner. Okay. I am intrigued by Sharp. I'm with you. I, I think if I was well, a betting man, I'd put my, all of my chips on the table for Latimer because of his connection to Tyke Tolbert. But Sharp also was on the Denver practice squad last year. People forget about that. Then the Giants signed him off the Denver practice squad. So he's tied to Tolbert as much as Cody Latimer is. I, I actually think Sharp will make this team as a fourth receiver. And because I'm of, with the, you of the special teams, and also that I feel that he can become – a third wide receiver. If he if caught a touchdown from Eli late last season yeah, in Week 17. Yeah. So I think that you know there's a chance there. Um, he returns kicks and punts, and so the more you can do, people, <laughs> um, hey, the more of a reason why they have yeah. to keep you. So yeah. Hunter Sharp, Cody Latimer, I, I think are in the driver's seat. Haven't really seen enough in games from any of the other guys to say that I think they're going to jump ahead of them. Plus, I'd like to see a little bit more on special teams. Khalid Raymond, who's also a Denver connection, mm -hmm. is intriguing. He's made a lot of big plays in practice. He can also contribute on special teams. Russell Shepard's another guy. To look Russell Shepard from Carolina, yeah. another special teams guy, by the exactly. way. I just think with Raymond and Shepard, you'd like to see tonight the Jets game moving forward, what do they do when they line up as receiver? Right. I think that's what you want to see with respect to that. The two points on defense in terms of the secondary and yep. the third cornerback spot, I would have said a few weeks ago it's Dante Dion, and there's no point of looking elsewhere. Dion is probably going to wind up missing his second straight game, though, yeah. tonight, and that's going to give B.W. Webb more of an opportunity to help solidify that job. So, a few weeks ago, I would have said it's Dion, 
Now, I'm not so sure, Jeff. You know, if Dion continues to remain sideline, B.W. Webb, you know, William Gay's been banged up. I, I think like that other safety job, it's still very much up in the air. Grant Haley, too. Grant Haley's another guy to um, mention. Yeah. But I, I think what the, num the name that jumps off the page is B.W. Webb. I think he's going to be your guy at this point in time in the game, unless something else changes going forward. But, you know, listen, we, you got to be healthy. You got to play. You got to get on the field. You can't make the team – coming off the preseason not playing or practicing. More practicing than playing, honestly. Because at this point in time, you have more practices than you have games. And if you're missing practices and you're missing games, they can't keep you. They just can't. It reminds me of a few years ago, Trendon Holiday, speaking of former Denver Broncos. Remember the yeah, Giants signed yeah, him? He yeah. got hurt with a hamstring oh. injury, and then he wind up making the team. And we were all excited We were excited. Him. I, I myself included. I'm, I'm guilty as oh charged there. We got, we got a heck of a returner now. <laughs> yeah, this guy's you know, going to be good. And, and then what happened? Know. Couldn't get on the field. So that's yeah. why I'm, I'm not saying that Dion doesn't have a shot to make the team, but to say he's locked down the slot corner job, I think is getting really ahead of ourselves, even though he has a great deal of upside, and he's got a great work ethic too. So let me ask you a question, and we'll get. Was there's one other one that we needed to, or, or yeah, well, the, the defending the tight end, and Matt, I, I think we still have you on the line, but we're gonna let you go on that note. Do appreciate the question. Yeah, thank Thanks you, so Matt. much for weighing in. And we'll get to the tight end here in a second. But what were you gonna say? Uh, well, I'm gonna give you some yeah. names when you look at this safety position, okay? And I'm gonna give you some really. This is gonna be a tough one for you. I guess you better. Be oh, ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So I, I look at Landon Collins. We know Landon Collins, okay? So uh, right now, the starting free safety is most likely gonna, in my opinion, will be Curtis Riley. Okay. okay. So you got your two guys there. Then you got Michael Thomas, okay, and, and Darian Thompson. Okay. Then behind them, Andrew Adams and William Gay. Okay. And behind them you got uh two guys that probably aren't gonna make the team. Because Gay is also just to clarify, he's playing both positions. Correct. Corner slash safety. So yeah. my question to you is how many safeties are the Giants keeping? I think you're gonna keep five. Safeties. Do you? Yes. Do you really? Yes. And and William Gay being one of them is a swing guy that can also play in the nickel or dime. Yeah, William Gay. I mean, I'm not necessarily thinking because William Gay could be kept as a corner. You know, when they list the final roster, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him down as a corner. You know, okay. Kurt, but here's the thing: you got to keep in mind, Jeff. Curtis Riley can play corner and safety. So well, the fact that if you have between the safeties and the corners, if you have guys that are interchangeable, maybe then it pushes the safety total to four under those circumstances. See, you'd have to tell me who makes the team as a corner. Because if William Gay makes the team, then I would say maybe you don't have to keep five safeties okay. because Gay is on the corner okay. list and he can then be moved. But okay. if you don't keep a versatile corner, then I don't see why they can't keep Landon Collins, Curtis Riley, Michael Thomas is a significant special teams player. No question. Okay, so that gives him a huge leg up. Now, Andrew Adams is filled in as a starter. He's a versatile player. And then, you know, the wild card is Darian Thompson. Now, he's a player, and we've talked about this, Jeff. He doesn't have ties to the current regime. I, I, so, I, you know, you, you can't say he's a lock. Unfortunately, he's dealing with the injury bug again, but just like but we say with Dante been, Dion, but he's also young still. But the problem is is that where can you tell me that Darian Thompson has been able to stay on this field? No, that's the, the million-dollar question. Years. I'm with you, Jeff. And yeah. so when, I'm coming to, when it's coming down to it, I look at Andrew Adams. Okay, and I look at Darian Thompson. Who's playing more? I, Andrew Adams has played the last two years. He made it as a rookie last year. I know this because he played with my son at UConn. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I just understand that you you make the team by being a, a, available. You've got to be available to play. Yeah. And you can't. I can't count on somebody that's never that's, that's not that's get hurts a lot. So this that's why I asked you this question because my the no, real, it's a good question. The real question I wanted to get to you was. 
Andrew Adams over Darian Thompson. That's where I was getting oh, to. Oh, and that's where you're going? Well, if you were asking me right now, Andrew Adams, I think, has an edge okay. over Darian yeah, Thompson. That's what I Yes, if, if you're asking me between both of them and they said to themselves they're only keeping four, then I think Adams gets the edge over Thompson. Yeah. That's how I see that playing out. And Riley, I think, right now is in the driver's seat as the starter. I've always said this, and I'm not going to shy away from it. Michael Thomas, to me is still an intriguing defensive contributor. He's a special teams player, yeah. but Thomas also, he's with his former DB's coach, who is within Miami, Yep. and he was utilized as a safety there. I mean, Lou Anarumo told a great story about how when Michael Thomas was signed off the Niners practice squad when he first joined the Dolphins, he was signed, I think, on a Tuesday, Jeff. They had a game on Sunday against the Patriots, by the way, and... They had to play Thomas just because of the way the numbers game. So he barely had a many days in the yeah, defensive had a couple scheme. Of and he had the game winning interception yeah, to seal yeah, the game. I so, that. I mean, that just goes to show you the guy could play defense. It just wasn't called upon to do that as the years went by in Miami. But I would not rule him out if he's a rotational player and somebody that they utilize in on the defensive side, especially when they go to three safeties. And, you know, that relates to the final question. We're going to get to a few more phone calls here about, well, you know, how are they going to try to counter opposing tight ends this season? Because you saw what Najoku did. To me, it falls on not just the linebackers. And Alec Ogletree had to pick up Najoku on one of the plays because they called the safety blitz. If you go back and watch one of Najoku's touchdowns. But the safety... You know, that's why this free safety position is extremely important because (laughs) that will then free up Landon Collins to defend some tight ends or they may call on the free safety. So, you know, this position should not be overlooked. It's an extremely important position. And Michael Thomas, he likes to play a little. He can go in and play that box safety position. And he can play in the slot too, by the way, Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's why I like his versatility. Bingo, 100%. Let's head back to lines. Mark is in Chicago. Mark, what's happening? Hey guys, good to talk to you again. Hi, Mark. Hey, I was out at uh, hi. I was out at the uh, practices in Detroit this week, and uh, Giants fans were well represented. Probably ten percent of the people that were there on the day I was there were actually uh, Giants fans. So uh, it was nice to be among friends. I guess is the best way to put it. Sure. So, absolutely. Um, uh, one thing I did get to do was uh, meet David Deal, and I never met a pro football player before, and. Shaking his hand was like shaking hands with a catcher's mitt. I couldn't believe how big his hands were. Yeah. But in any case, um, a couple of things. When I'd never been to a, a camp before, um, they were doing a lot of red zone stuff. The, what they practice during the week, is that the kinds of things that we should expect to see during the game? Absolutely. You think? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to see uh, corner patterns to um, uh, uh, Latimer. He came down with a couple. One was out of bounds, they ruled, but a uh, nice corner route to him. Uh, two guys that I don't know if they have a chance to make the team, but I'd like to see them try to use them. Uh, they didn't show that well in the in the uh, red zone, but was it 84 and 86, Bundy and uh, Russell? I yeah, think those big are guys. two huge guys. Yeah, they're I'd big like guys. to see them they're... try to work something with them yeah. you know, in the back of the end zone. Those they're are both 6'3 two... and 6'4. Yeah, those are the two tallest wide receivers on the team. Yeah. Were they, were they on the team last year, or did they come in at the very end? Um, Bundy was on the practice, practice squad, and he may have been called up towards the tail end. Let me look that up. That's a good well, question. Well, half, yeah. half of uh, New Jersey was called up last year. <laughs> well, that's yeah. a good way to put it. <laughs> to play look the Giants. The last, flip, the, the last flip card we looked at. Oh, the, my God. Was, we there there were times where guys were inactive on the <laughs> roster, at, I'll admit, at the end of the season, and I said, wait, am I covering the right team? Because I didn't even necessarily but you recognize like the, you the guys. But you like to see the height, and um, especially if you got a – 
you, you have a short DB that it kind of gives him an Yeah, Bundy, I, I was right. Bundy was signed to the practice squad after he was waived. He didn't make the 53, and then he was promoted on December 27, 2017. So he played the very last game of the regular season last year. Hey, Jeff, just based on what you know, does it have any of that special team value that you were looking at that you were talking about earlier? The, the, the two guys we just mentioned? Right. Yes, because they're big and they're you know they they can run go run down. I just think it's a, they're going to get caught up in a numbers game. It's, yeah. a, it's it's unfortunately. I mean, you look at you look at Bundy. He was on the practice squad all last year until the last game. So that should probably tell you something. I mean, he could probably yeah. could have used them earlier. Given all the that. injuries that they yeah. had, yeah. 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 The other thing, uh, a couple more points. Just one thing. I'm expecting a good game from Lorenzo Carter tonight. There were a couple of plays. This didn't get mentioned in any of the the reviews that I saw, but. There were two or three plays in a row where he was in the quarterback's face in that scrimmage. I mean, he just went through the the offensive line like it was butter, and he—I mean—he would have gotten sacks if it was a real game. Uh, so I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do tonight. And the last thing, uh, Jeff, for you, um, uh, Marshall Kane, is it Cone, the kicker? Cone, yeah. yes, Cone. I was—he kicked the other day, and I mean, he pushed three wide to the right. Now there was a little bit of a left-to-right wind, but a lot of his kicks sort of were not end over end. They were sort of almost side by side. Okay. You know, they were they yeah. were off Wobbles. you know, center. So um is that indicative of a of an issue? I, I wasn't impressed with his abilities. Yeah, you know what, that's 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 fundamental. That's you know, that's that has to do with his plant foot. Uh from you know it's not gonna make sense to you guys, but that that's a that's a technique flaw um that, that you have to deal with and it's correctable. Um, I, I've I've seen him kick in practice. I was pretty impressed with him uh, in the spring. I, I'm strong leg, um, been around. You know, he's been in the league. Um, this is probably I think he came out in f- 2015, and uh, actually was on the Bengals team last year for one game when their uh, the guy that was here, their kicker got hurt. The, no, the other Good. guy. Um, they, they played one game here when um, Josh uh, Brown got suspended. Remember they brought in um, Bollard or Bollard. Bullock. Bullock. Oh, Randy Bullock. Bullock Randy you talking Bullock. about? Yes, Randy Bullock. So anyway, right. my, my point Texas. is, is that he's uh, he's bounced around a little bit, but I think this is Aldrich's job to lose, and I think he's had a good camp, and I think he's going to have a good year this year. I really do. Okay. I hope uh, so. And I uh, just say last thing. Uh, I was just very impressed with uh, both uh, Red Allison and Wayne Gallman. I mean, I saw things them them doing things in practice that I've not seen them doing games, and it just makes me think that Ellison was uh, maybe not used as well as he should have been last year. And uh, I'm just impressed with Gallman and anxious to see what he can do in the game. So, thanks, guys. You're All welcome. right, Mark. Appreciate the phone call. Have Let's a good one. head back to the phone lines. Pete is on Staten Island. Pete, what's happening? My man, Pete. Yeah, I'm going to save this one for Lance. Lance, you never get you never get anything from me. How you doing, Lance? How you doing, Lance, Pete? You doing? All right, there we go. Equal doing? opportunist. Oh, yeah, you got to you got to yeah. tone it down. All right, Boom. I will try Boom. to tone like it down. That. Yes, Boom. my Boom. apologies. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, what you got listen, for us? I, you know what? I I was listening to your phone calls a little bit, uh, just so you just to give you a heads up here. Dalvin Cook, seventy four attempts, three fifty four, four point eight, two TDs, eleven receptions, ninety yards. So for touches, it's, it roughly comes out to about twenty eight touches. Okay, and he was third in the league. Um, uh, overall in uh, total yardage uh, off of, I want to say, they say off of four games, but he uh, only played like, uh, what, a quarter?
quarter and a half. Yeah, he got hurt. He got hurt in that fifth game of the season. I mean, he was very productive early in the year. It was an unfortunate injury, uh, given how yeah. well they were utilizing him. So, you know, that's why I said yeah. if we had a full sample size, I think that'd be a good comparison for maybe how Barkley's utilized, because then yeah. it really became a two-headed monster for the Vikings the rest of the year. That is correct. All right. Now, my 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 other the reason I called in today and I probably wore you out yesterday <laughs> was. Um, Paulie Dodds had mentioned to me that, you know, with the final cuts, okay, we were talking about the waiver wire. And he was saying something about that the Giants are number two to the Browns, right? Correct. Um, But they're only number two if a player has four years or less of NFL experience. Anything over that, it's it's open season. Is that correct? That is correct because vested veterans, that's the term. They don't go through waivers. Once no. you become a veteran with over four years, right, yeah. Jeff? Is that yep. what it is? Then yep. you're basically you're free to sign anywhere. If you're less than four years, you have to go through the waiver process. And the other thing I want to clarify, by the way, and I'm glad you brought this up, Pete, the waiver wire rules, it's the order of the draft through week three of the NFL regular season. After week three, it goes to the standings currently. So the Giants have the number two spot through week three of the NFL regular season. After week three, it's going to be dependent on how the Giants fare in the first two or three games of the season. Oh, interesting. Okay. So get your picks early. You know, on these websites, you know that, and I don't do anything all day. I'm old Yeah. Well, you, you save yourself some time and headache. I'm going to go to work with Jeff. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there, there you go. Over. Yeah, absolutely. I don't do anything either. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at any rate, uh, some guys and I were just discussing it, and I was telling them, you know, they kept saying, well, the Giants have the number two, and I kept going back to Paulie, and I was telling them that is not the case. Look it up. You know, it's four years or less, and after that, it's open. Well, they they were right. They were right, meaning they do have the number two spot, but you just have to know whether or not a player classifies to go through waivers. So, I mean, you you weren't getting wrong information, Pete. It was just you have to determine is the player a vested veteran or is he a non-vested veteran. That's the difference. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you know, the way I see it, you know, uh, a lot of guys are talking, you know, forget about that. But tonight, you know what? Here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Davis to have a good night a bounce-back game, or, or hopefully. And uh, as far as uh, what you guys are talking about with the free safety, I really would like to see Adams get his shot here. Um, I don't know about uh, being a starter or whatever as far as depth. Because Thompson, like you said, what were you saying yesterday, Jeff? Uh, you can't go to the pub can't make the pub in the tub. You can well, you can always go, listen. Uh, that's Pete, Pete, yeah. you, you can always go to the pub. Okay, <laughs> I, I know that. Okay, you can always go to the pub. In fact, you you can't make the club go into the pub. <laughs> no, you right? can't. And you also you also can't make the club <laughs> in the tub. The tub. <laughs> that's a good one. We'll add there to it. Go. I like that, Jeff. Right. You can't make the club. Go in the, the pub, pub, and you can't make the club in the tub. There That's you it. go. We're adding to the list. Yeah. Well, anyway, like I'm saying, you know, if he can't be on, like Jeff, you just you just uh, talked about it. If, if you can't be on the field, how could you be on the you. field? I can't keep I mean, unfortunately. I know it sounds yeah. silly, but it does. Honestly, it does. that it's the truth. All right, and, Pete. Uh, you know, and it's a shame too because he did show some talent while healthy. Well, they they. And they see that in him. But the, the downside is, like to any player, you have to be able to be reliable and to be accountable. And you got to be – if you can't be on the, on, the, on the field, I can't. you can't help my team win. 
So I can't have yeah. you on the roster. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. All right, Pete. All right, good chatting with you. Yep. Have we a will good speak. One. All right. Now let's go to what many people would say saving the best for last. That's not the case when it comes to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Charlie's in Portland, Maine. <laughs> Charlie, what's happening? Hey, Jeff. Hi, hey, Chuckles. How we doing, Charlie? How y'all doing? I'm doing good. all right. Could be better, but it's okay. Hey, I, I got a couple things. Um, one thing is that the reason why they were talking about Eric Flowers not doing so well uh, in the training uh, in camp against Detroit is because... But we, we, we said that they didn't report that. No, I'm giving you a report. Oh, you're giving us a report. You were there. My <laughs> apologies. How did I overlook this fact? That's right. No, you, were, you were on the sidelines. My no, mistake. Can, I'm sorry. Kennard yes. had uh, gone by Flowers twice for a sack. I mean, Kennard was on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not an you know, all-pro, uh, Pro Bowl player. And uh, Flowers is turning him into a Pro Bowl player. And uh, he went by him twice for a sack during these practices. So... There's Eric Flowers, our weak link on the right side. And if we don't get a right tackle in here, I'm telling you, it's going to be, he's going to be a disaster for us. And I know, Jeff, you're saying there's nobody better than him on this team right now. I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, this guy is is not. Who, Charlie? Who? Who's better than him? Anybody is better than him. Great response. Even Charlie from Maine <laughs> is better than Flowers. Light him up at right tackle. That's right. Yeah, Charlie, how do you I fare? How do you fare against him. Devon Kennard? I want. I want to see you go up against Devon Kennard. How hey, do you think? How do you think do you fare? Worse than Eric Flowers. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, at least trip him. Oh, I'd probably wow. trip him at least. And you'll be flagged for that too. Watch. <laughs> I'll make sure the official is looking at you closely. <laughs> hey, the other thing you were talking about, you were saying like drop passes are not that big. They are a big deal. We, we I didn't say the they weren't a big deal. Passes. No, but I, I, what I what I said was I didn't think that they were plaguing the team across the board, where every single player you could point to last year was making drops. I think a few well, of course. were were in particular having tu- having passes. trouble. Yeah. So, but but let J- Charlie, if you were listening to the conversation Jeff and I were having <laughs> with one of the callers. You, you have a problem with the three things we prioritize and the fact that we're putting that over drop passes? Yes. You, you yes, have a, that's okay, what I'm talking about. Of course. Why am I not surprised? So you would put the drop passes <laughs> over stopping the run, running the football, and executing in the red zone. That, that's what, what you're going to argue with me. What I would put is I would put the offensive line is, is of number course. one. Okay, well, that's a, that's a part of improving the run game, and I think Jeff right. and I mentioned drop that. Passing, drop okay. passes is number two. Yeah. Because what happened, I and mean, we had seven drop passes against the Browns. Well, you know? th- there and, were specific games. I, I, I'm with you. And then also and number, we had number three. we last year. And num- I mean, we can't keep dropping these passes. I mean, it's just like, and the other thing is, if we can stop the run, that's not going to help our defense because – all they got to do is throw to the tight end on third and nine, and they'll complete it. Charlie's got an answer for everything. Up. Charlie, so. are you married? <laughs> <laughs> are you married, Charlie? Yes, of course I am. Oh my God, I want to. We got to get your wife on here one day. I would really love to <laughs> oh, talk yeah. to her one yeah, day. Yeah, Charlie, you got to you got to put the phone down I and let somebody find else out, talk. Oh, I want to find out how this works. I really like, do. Charlie, does your does your <laughs> Charlie does your better half 
I can't believe she actually puts up with the fact that you have a shrine for Will Beatty in the right corner of the house. Like, yeah, how does she put up with that? Thing. Bring yeah. Will Beatty in. <laughs> Way to go, man. I'm sorry, my bad. Why did she do that? Me and my big mouth, yeah. That, that, that box well, I, was, it was nailed no, shut. The truth is, he was going, he went drop passes, he went offensive line. I thought number three was going to be Will Beatty oh, signing well. him, so I basically <laughs> saved him from saying it. Oh, my goodness. No, yeah. no number three is a pass rush. Because we're not going to have to worry about our secondary so much if we have a pass rush. Yeah, but if you so stop not- the run, my point is you're going to help your pass rush. That's that's my point. So while you we- overlook stopping the run, I guarantee you if you don't stop the run. How did help us against the Browns? It didn't help what? us too much. We Come on, Charlie. Run, yeah, leave it to Charlie. Charlie's breaking place. down a preseason game as if it's going to be indicative <laughs> of what the starters are going to do for all four quarters. What I'm saying is we can't keep dropping passes and not be able to, to, to cover tight ends. I, I, think, I, think, that, I think that goes without saying. Right? But, Charlie, but what no, are you we, looking at tonight? What, 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 <laughs> give me give me two things because then we got to go. I want two okay. things you're looking at tonight, quickly. Yeah. I'm looking at Eric Flowers. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> See? <laughs> this is why you, there's no point in asking you questions, Jeff. You and, know the and, answers and before you ask the question. I'm looking at Kyle, you know, the okay. backup quarterback. Okay, yeah. I, we need to score a point. You know how many points they scored? Yes. Yeah, it was last night, Pittsburgh and uh, whoever the heck Green it was. Bay. Pittsburgh and Green yeah. Bay. He's, he pays close attention, like by the way. It was 52 to 40 something. Yeah, well, it also. I'd like to see us score at least 30 points. It also that helps, nice. Charlie, when Mason Rudolph on the very first play throws a pick six, too, to Tremont Williams. So, you know, that, that that's how you get up there in the 50s turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to see some points. I want to watch All Eric right. Flowers. See how how he does, and then I want to see us score at least thirty points tonight. That's Charlie. what I'm with. All right, for. Charlie. Well, thanks, Charlie. I I hope that <laughs> okay, all of guys. your wishes come Have true. You got it, Charlie. And Monday we will. I mean, the anticipation for your call on Monday is is just through the roof right now. Can't tell you how much I'm gonna be looking forward to hearing from uh, Charlie. Uh, give us his take on the game. I bet Charlie in another life was an offensive lineman. That's what the problem was. Here. <laughs> you know, that's what it was. I think that's what it we is. Get, at, and where was he, the offensive lineman? At uh, Joe Schmo's Community league. College? Canadian or Oh, the Canadian League. Yeah. Oh, was, oh, it wasn't even in the U.S. No, not even in the U.S. It was the Canadian was Community the Canadian College. League, yeah. That's where he was the yeah, offensive yeah. lineman. Yeah. yeah the, the, he was a guy that always wanted to play in the NFL. And then he thought he could, but he was... Well, and that's why he's become a coach now. That's right. But a coach on the phone, because nobody has been willing to put him within 30 miles of their team facility (laughs) to actually teach their offensive linemen. So he's a coach through the phone. That's that's how he tries to get his message across. All right. In all seriousness, there is a preseason game tonight. 7.05 is going to be the kickoff. We're going to have our pregame show on WCBS News Radio 880 start at 6.05, so you can tune into that. And then Jeff and I are going to have a full postgame show immediately following the game also on WCBS News Radio 880. You can stay locked to Giants.com for all the latest news and notes. BBK will be up and running again on Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll have a full recap of the game and more. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Lance Meadow. We'll speak to you on Monday right here on Giants.com. Have a good one.